we can hear you. Okay. Peace be unto you, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for tuning in today to Number One Cuts. <clears throat> we want us all to be in a spirit of one love. Today we are continuing on the subject from slavery to freedom. We want to do an introductory episode. We want to read from the Holy Bible from Exodus chapter 1 verse 10. And it reads from the Living Bible. Let's figure out a way to put an end to this. If we don't and war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us and escape out of the country. Verse 11. So the Egyptians made slaves of them and put brutal taskmasters over them to wear them down under heavy burdens while building the store cities. But brothers and sisters, what we want to talk about is what is actually going on today. It was talking about a people who were going to join on with other people. And the establishment was afraid that if they join on with who is also their enemy, that when the groups got together, they may overtake the entire country. And so we see this today, and we should be mindful of what is going on. How does this affect us as a people? We see that the, the president of the country does not have our best interest at heart. You know, this president has nominated judges and even on the local circuit levels, he's nominated at least 87 judges. 85 of them have been white, one black, and one Hispanic. Oftentimes, we know that when it comes down to the courts, our people go in there looking for justice, and that is what we find. Just us are usually the ones who are going through the courts. So they are preparing to have people to judge us that don't know our story, that does not have our best interests at heart. They don't want us to join on with the Mexicans. So they send out the word that the Mexicans are criminals and rapists. They don't want us to join on to the immigrants uh, that are 
from Haiti. They profess them to come from S-hole countries. They don't want us to join over those the 4,000 Nigerians. They tell them to go back to their huts. And they don't want us to join on to the Muslims. So they put up a Muslim ban. So we are being encouraged not to join on with anyone because they have fear that if we join on with other like-minded and like-spirited people, that they may be overtaken. And so if the president really reinstituted the war on drugs, which leads back to massive incarceration, because that is something that generally that stigma is associated with black people for some reason. And so we are being set up to be divided as opposed to joining on to like-minded, like-spirited people. And so one of the largest targets in our society is the projects. You know, that's where a lot of drug activity goes on. That's where a lot of illicit gang activity and sexual uh, immorality. It's all in the projects, the projects. Sometimes when we were dealing with subjects, we need to get an understanding of what it is we're talking about. We have just accepted a term that, you know, a lot of our people live in the projects. But what does projects mean? Well, what do, what do we, well, we know what we say when we talk about the projects. That's just a place where a lot of black people live. That's a place where a lot of poor people live. But what does those who, in authority, who initially set up projects, what is a project? According to the dictionary, you know, for it is a place for urban low-income housing buildings that are called projects. Contemporary business and science treat a project as an undertaking carried out individuals or collaboratively and positively, possibly involving research or design that is carefully planned by a project team. So we see that this anomaly of relegating people to a project, it is not there by accident, but by design. Someone has designed that people will live in close proximity to one another. And we know that just human nature People have to have their space. You know, there's a certain amount of space that people are required to have before they feel uncomfortable. You know, even if you walk up to someone and you get within where their arm could be extended, there's, hey, get out of my space. 
And so in the projects, it is the same way. So it causes tension in the projects. Now, a project may be temporary or it could be permanent. It's a social system. And we, again, we live there because of financial concerns, but we don't really have a full understanding as to why the people who built the projects built them. There's enough land for people to have their own little spot of land. You know, the scriptures say that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So who's hogging up all of the land and insisting that our people get into a little cluster closely assembled with one another and being involved in a whole lot of friction. Now, during this election, and, and, and these are the decision makers, they make decisions. Uh, and still, again, I reiterate that we are not getting our fair share uh, in the political world. One of the problems was the electoral system. Now, we know that the electoral system was established during the time of slavery because there were so many slaves concentrated by the slave master. Those who did not have slaves said, no, this is an unfair system. We cannot allow you to count them as individual votes. We will say that your black slaves are three-fifths of a human being. And we'll give you credit for them being three-fifths of a human being. The Electoral College is still in existence today. America goes all over the world telling other countries that you all should be fair. There should be one man, one vote. But it still is not the case in America. Slaves did not vote. Someone had to vote for them. That is the same system that is in place today. Blacks, in fact, are the only people who have to be concerned about a Voting Rights Act, which means that there's something degrading about blacks that they have to keep asking and begging and pleading that the politicians will give them the right to vote. Now, we see that in our community, the treatment is so, so unfair. During the killing of George Floyd, black people were asking for civil rights. And I will tell you, I disagree with blacks having to ask for civil rights. What blacks should be asking for is human rights. There's no doubt in my mind that the creator did not set up civil rights. He set up human rights. 
he made the human being and it is to be he is to, the he or she is to be respected and recognize that his law is the law that they must obey you know your 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 name is a part of your character when you call someone by their name you're really calling out their character you know that's what it should be you know even when it comes down again to what happened to our brother George Floyd I want you to think for just a moment if a police officer were to see a German shepherd and he goes and put his knee on that German shepherd's neck until he extinguishes the life from that German shepherd, which the dog is recognized again by his name. It is a German shepherd. Even though it may be in America, it is recognized as a German shepherd. Or if there's a poodle that was from France, it would be recognized as a French poodle. And if, again, a police officer were to put their knee on the dog's neck and just keeps it there until it snuffs the life out of that dog, I can assure you that there would be a huge outcry from those who love and protect animals. But the protection of a black man was less than that of a dog. And I know a lot of you saw it, but you didn't really see it. You didn't see the depth of it. You know, I will say that if all you see is all you see, then you don't see all that you need to see. Point being, there's a very subtle message. You saw what happened to George Floyd, but sometimes what we don't see is that there's a message that we have given these white boys a badge that they can snuff out the life of a black man without impunity. There will be no recourse. In fact, in a lot of cases, the police has more authority than the president. If a president ordinarily would do that, it would be upon a lot of scrutiny. But a policeman can just go and do that. All he has to claim is that he feel like his life was threatened. And that is the answer that is acceptable by those in authority in many cases. So we have to see deeper. I mean, there are some things that we see and we marvel at and we just say, oh, I saw it. You look, we used to look at television. We would see somebody like little Arnold on different strokes. We laugh because it's supposed to be kind of a sitcom. Or we will see Webster. But what we don't recognize is what they're giving us to see. Well, we'll let you all go on television, but we're going to show you that the male 
is usually short and oftentimes insignificant and most times dependent on someone other than himself and his family. That's the part that you have to look deep to see what is the message that is being said. And oftentimes we miss that. In our communities, we see that someone else is really controlling our community. They want to keep us divided. I had an opportunity to visit the prison industrial complex. And that's what it is. It's not a correctional institution because there's no desire to correct the behavior of the people, not to their advantage. Even on my visit there, I had an opportunity to talk with different people in different groups. And I asked them, you know, who, who are you with? Well, I'm, you know, blood. And, you know, we got a problem with the Crips. Okay, so my question is, so you are bloodying up someone who looked like you. And when I talk to the Crips, I say, and you are crippling someone who looks like you. My question to you is, what do y'all have in common? Please tell me, what did you see before you were sent here? And to eliminate any misunderstanding, I'll just go ahead and ask you, was the last person you saw before you were sent here, was it a white man wearing a black robe? And so the crip would say yes. Ask the blood, was the last person you saw before you were sent here a white man wearing a black robe? Those of you who profess to be Christians, was the last man you saw before you came here a white man wearing a black robe? The Muslims, the same thing in every group. I said, so what, are you, what is it that you have in common? You all were sent here by someone who does not look like you, does not care for you, and what you have in common is that you were sent here mainly because of your color. When he approaches you, he don't take time to say, well, now, before I arrest you, before I sentence you, I want to know, what is, what's your religion? He don't ask if you, he don't care if you're Muslim or Christian. Rastafari, he doesn't care. What he's concerned about is that we are sending someone who may be a threat to our society. The president of the United States, when the, there was some rioting in Charlottesville, Virginia, what he noticed and the police noticed, well, we're not going to arrest him because they're not a threat. Not to them. So therefore, we have to look and see what's going on. But in the community, you know, once they send someone through their system, 
when they get out, they say, okay, now, the main thing you need to know is you can't have a weapon. Because they know that there's a possibility that you may choose to defend yourself if someone comes to invade your home. But when they went through doing all that, the brother can't get a job. You don't want him to be educated or they've already interfered with their education. And so he's sitting around. So he see a sister. Next thing you know, he got a he got a pregnant. So the point is, they took everything away from the black man, but they still left him with a weapon, and he's firing at will. Every time you look around, here come another one, and another one, and another one. They don't understand. We don't die. We multiply. They will not be able to put us out of existence because the great creator, when it gets to a point where we can't defend ourselves or unwilling to defend ourselves, unwilling to unite for what is in the best interest of ourselves, the creator steps in and says, okay, I've told you what you should do for your own self-preservation. And if you don't, then I'll step in. Just as he did during the time of Moses. When the children of Israel being so mistreated and so divided, he sent a plague on the nation. And when those in authority were so arrogant to dismiss it as though, well, you know, we can overcome it. In fact, I even heard the president say, you know, when, when, when a hurricane comes, what, what we do? We can just drop a bomb over in it and just make it disperse. They fail to understand <laughs> that things that are sent by God, they are never going to be able to overpower God. So when them girls coming with them looking like they're wearing dancing skirts, I'm talking about those tornadoes, which if you trace them all the way back to their origin, you'll find out that the tornadoes and the hurricanes, most of them originate from Africa. And how do they enter America? They take the path of the slave ships that brought the so-called slaves to America. So at some point, dear beloved brothers and dear beloved sisters, at some point, we are going to go from slavery to freedom. It was not intended for us to be slaves forever. Those who are in authority or think that they are in authority, they were given permission to rule. And they were given rules by which to rule. And most importantly, they were given a time to rule. And those who have an understanding, even of scriptures, they know that their time is just about up. So they're doing everything they can to slow down the process that the creator has created. You know, even those 
evangelists, the ones who go along with the president, do not think that they are ignorant of scripture. They understand that their time was set for a particular period. And like everything, there's an end to their, to, to, to no matter what it is, there's an end game. And in the end times, their rulership is going to come to an end. So dear beloved brothers and sisters, mainly what we should do is exercise one love, love for the one who created us first and foremost. Then we should love ourselves. Then we should love our families. We should love our community. And then it extends out to the world. There is a procedure by which it must be done. But we were taught by an enemy to hate ourselves and to love our enemy. That is something that has retorted our ability to come together. Self-love. You know, even when the scriptures, when, when, when Christ was asked, you know, what are the two great commandments? He told the people, the first one is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. And the second one is that you should love your neighbor as yourself. So the second one is actually to love yourself. That's a precondition. You love your neighbor, how? As you love yourself. So you got to show yourself some love. And you should not even be trying to love another people until you love your own people. I mean, that's just an obligation that has been placed on us. We should not go trying to help somebody else's family while abandoning our own family. I don't care if a man, man has a household, he's going to try and take care of his girlfriend and leaving his wife and children uncared for. That's a problem. Learning to love God. But I remind us, we have to first know what God it is that we are serving. Because we have taken on the understanding of the enslaver and we have learned to love him his God. And so when we're calling on God and he's calling on the same God, we wonder why our God doesn't answer. We're calling on the wrong God. We have to first seek God and his righteousness. And after that, everything else will be added. We have to get to one love, love the creator. And then once we have done that, we can love our enemies. But that's way down the line. Self-love has to be first. So dear beloved brothers and sisters, thank you for listening to Number One Cuts, which is Number One Convicts United to Serve. There must be a conviction for us to love the one who created us, to love ourselves, to love our families, to love our neighbors, and to love 
others. Thank you so much for listening. I leave you as I greeted you in peace. Peace be unto you.